Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is J.R. Robinson, and I'd like to welcome you back to my podcast when he speaks erotica from a man's perspective. And as always, I got to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Greatly appreciate you. Tonight's topic is loving bipolar, an untouched topic of love. So please sit back and relax, and I'll be right back with the question of the night. So we're back. Um, the question tonight is if a man pays for all the dates, tips, ladies, are you obligated to give him some? <laughs> okay, okay. This is one of them, uh, this one of those questions that back in the day I would be on the fence about, you know, because I was young and didn't have any. I forgot, you know, the upbringing that my mom and my grandmama uh, provided me with, and you know, I kind of like was on some selfish. So yeah, I would just say, yeah. You, you should uh, give it up, but you know, as a man of a certain age, my my whole perspective on that has changed. No, you're not ob- at any ladies at any time. You are not obligated to give up the dugout because someone took you out and brought you something, took you to the moon, or even flew you out to Las Vegas. Jamaica, man, that might be a little. <laughs> nah, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Nah, you do not give up your goods because someone showed you a good time or uh, took you out there. That that's some bullshit. Um, I think one of the hardest parts about dating is figuring out if the person you're seeing is actually the one. So you got to, in your mind, get to that point where you want to give up your loving to someone new. I mean, some people don't, you know, some people just go for what they know. But when you're, when you, when you have your head on right and you, and you think it's straight, you know that one night stands and quickies and, you know, having a fling is not really what you want to do or that's not who you are or what you need in your life. Especially at a certain, especially when you're at a certain age. You know what I'm saying? When you're young, you can kind of like, you can, you know, get by while you can get by with, you know, I was in the moment or um, I was young. I didn't know no better. But when you're like past a certain age, I'm going to have to say around maybe, oh man, Maybe 25. That young shit goes out the window. You know what I'm saying? You, you're pretty much a, a woman of the world. And you know the ins and outs of giving someone access to you. If they're not... If, if, if they don't come across like you're the one or you're the one that they want to date exclusively. Or if they're not talking about commitment 
they're not talking about you meeting their parents or you meeting their family or you seeing them every day. Then nah. Mm-mm. That's you gotta take your time with it. You gotta build up towards wanting to, you know, give away your goodies. But when a man pays for dinner, drinks, and other dates, I think people get caught up in the moment. Women get caught up in the moment. And they see that as um, that he has it like that. Um, they may have never been treated that way. And the fact that somebody comes into their life and show them, a, show them something different, you can get caught up in the moment. You know what I'm saying? And if someone, if a man has a, a, if he's slick with his words, he can talk you out of the pants. And that's the thing you have to be careful of. That's the thing you have to be leery of. Because you don't want to be a, a, a notch in his belt. I think uh, one of the, the biggest obstacles a lot of women face when when approached with this type of topic or this question is pressure you know um the guy he's 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 applying pressure like he may come out his mind and say you know what i done spent this money on you and i done showed you a good time and i done flew you to vegas and i can't get even a hug or i can't even get a kiss no, those are not what we talked about. That's not who I am as a person. You think I'm supposed to give it up just because you did something nice? No, you need to get to know me first. Those should be the words coming out of women. Hands down. You should let a motherfucker know, hey, I don't know where you got your uh, perspective of me from, but I'm not that type of woman. I'm not that type of girl. You got to get to know me because if I give you if I give you some ass because you took me to uh, 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 what the cheesecake factory, what does that say about me as a woman? What does that say as me say about me as a person? What do you think of me? Will you be around, or will you move on to the next one because you see that it's just easy to get someone to bed by buying them a meal? And if anything, I can pay for my own damn meals. I don't need you to pay for my meals. That should be the next thing out of a woman's mouth if you still want to hang out with the guy. You know what I'm saying? You may take it as, okay, he's being disrespectful, but I still like him. He's still a cutie. I'm going to give him a second chance. So if that's your decision, then say, you know what? I'll pay for my own meal. Until we get to that point and I feel like we are exclusive and... There's no expectations of one another and everything is free free flowing, then I'll just pay for my own shit. You ain't gotta pay for a goddamn thing. I mean we could still hang out and be cool, but I don't want nothing from you as far as you paying for me. Now, some people will say yes, like I said earlier. You know what I'm saying? Some 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 men think like, okay, she's supposed to uh Give me some pussy. This is my hard-earned money. This is what normally happens 
when you take a woman out on a date that they're supposed to give you something. That's how men think. That's how I thought. For the longest, I'm like, okay, this is my hard-earned money. Shit, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to go take somebody else out who will do it. And, and there were times I would like, I would drop somebody bad. I'd kick her to the curb and be like, Psh. All right, man, I'll, I'll holler and go find somebody who would. Not thinking that that's being disrespectful. That's not the way I was raised. And I wouldn't want nobody to do my child, my daughters, my sisters, my mom, females that I love in my life. I wouldn't want them to go through that. I would have a problem if they told me some man handled them like that. So how can I deal? How can I do that to somebody's child? But then get pissed off when someone does it to my child or someone that I love. So there were, there were, those reasons I had to grow out. Those the reason that was the reason I had to grow out that that mindset because it's selfish. It's it, it's irresponsible. It's stupid. You know what I'm saying? And it's downright disrespectful. So, ladies, the choice is yours. But he don't owe anybody nothing. He's a, a man is taking you out because he's trying to get to know you. And if y'all decide to go Dutch or split the tab or um, however, whatever you choose to do, you're not obligated to sleep with a man because they buy you something. All right, so we'll be right back with the topic of the night. So we're back. Um, tonight's topic is loving bipolar untouched topic of love. The love for a person with a disability is different for a love for someone who doesn't have a disability. Bipolar illness is difficult to deal with when you're in a relationship. I remember when I was a young boy and um, I think I was in the sixth grade and I met a young lady named Sheila. Sharon was considered special because she sat in the class that um, from, from what we was told was a special class. I mean, she everybody looked like us and, you know, um, there was nothing really different except for you. Every every once in a while you saw, you would see someone in a wheelchair. But if you didn't see no one with a, with a, a disability that was visual, then you didn't see anything wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? You just knew that they was labeled as special people. So me and Sharon, we, we you know, we met on the uh, playground, start, you know, playing together. I would push her in the swing, and then next thing you know, we would uh, talk and laugh and joke every chance we got when we uh, went on the playground. So one day, I, um, I walked home, and I had to go past my house to walk home. I think she lived uh, maybe 15 minutes away from where I lived. So my mother would get off around 
So I think I got school at 2.30. And with me being the oldest, my mother gave me some responsibilities. You know, back then, kids, you know, in the sixth grade and the seventh grade were given more responsibilities than these kids today because they own some other shit. So um, my mother was like, okay, I need you to make sure you get home and go over to your aunt's house and, you know, make sure that you help with homework or whatever um, you need to help your aunt with, with other kids. But my little hot ass, <laughs> I want to go to Sharon's house and um, play with Sharon. So I walked home and we sat and we talked and we laughed and we had a good time. We watched the train go by. We picked uh, we picked those what are they call blueberries or, or blackberries. You know, we picked those and we found some. Uh, I think we found a watermelon patch. <laughs> I said a watermelon patch. I'm old as fuck. <laughs> But yeah, I remember that shit like it was yesterday. And there was nothing that said anything was wrong with Sharon. Nothing. And then as we got older, then I realized what it was she was going through. She was bipolar. She would have moments where she spazzed out. And I didn't and I didn't understand why. I thought, I'm like, shit, we could, you know? I'm just holding your hand. I ain't trying to bum rush you for a kiss or, or a feel. I'm just holding your hand. And I enjoy, I enjoy holding shit. I didn't think of nothing about no kissing or rubbing up against it. Now, when we got in eighth grade and ninth grade, I noticed her, but I also noticed that her condition had gotten to a point where it became more and more noticeable. So, I didn't pull away from Sharon, but I didn't... I didn't have that same energy as wanting to hold a hand when I found out that she was different. She was not like everybody else. So that was my first, uh, my first, my true, my true first introduction to someone who had, uh, you know, bipolar disorder. And then as I got older, it was more frequent. I saw it like, damn, in every woman I encountered, but it wasn't a diagnosed uh, situation. Because when I when I got a little older, I found out that, you know, shit, women just spaz out sometime on me because of what they've seen or what they have probably heard or um, what one of their relatives probably have done to a man. So it was like... There, there's, you have two, two, two situations. You have one where it's diagnosed as a true illness, and then you have people who, who mirror other females to act that way. Meaning that some people just choose to wild out on, on men sometimes to get whatever reaction that they want to get out of a man. They, they, they choose to act as if they're bipolar. But to actually deal with someone who's diagnosed with that shit, that's 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 real. Because you can have a great relationship, everything is fine, you loving each other, you're spending time, you you're taking trips, and the next thing you know, she's just spazzing out on you. For no fucking reason. 
And then, like I said, my, my Navy buddy, he had it. So it's not a man or a woman disease. It's everybody can be the, the bipolar. And honestly, I don't know what triggers it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it exists. It's real. It's one of those things that if you're in a relationship with someone, you have to really take an account if you want to deal with that person or not. Because it's draining. It would drain the fuck out of you if you're not prepared. If you're not willing to, to walk hand in hand with that person. If you're going to be uh, a person who's just like, you know what, I got I got to move on. This ain't for me. So... You have to you have to prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, for that situation because it's different. Especially if you never encounter it or you've never had the opportunity to deal with it. You know, to go from thinking that you have a great relationship to having to deal with someone who just might withdraw from you and you don't understand why. That can be. That, that can that can crush you. That can be demoralizing. Now, like I said, I've I've, I've had my share of bipolar women. I ain't gonna lie. And I think one of the hardest things for me was dealing with the highs and the lows, the ups and downs. But there were days where I was able to help my partner manage through that situation and I think I took pride in it meaning that I decided okay she has this situation that's that's serious so my love for her will overcome anything that we encounter because I want to be there for her a lot of people don't do that a lot of people out the door when they find out a lot People don't mention that they have the disorder because they, they they scared that they're gonna lose somebody. They scared that they're gonna they're gonna lose that person altogether. Cause people can't handle someone who may be what uh, manic depre- depressed all the time, or someone who can't get out the bed because life feel like it's just beating them upside the head, or someone who may accuse you of fucking somebody. And you've been in their face all day. I remember we was at a sports bar and this young lady who I was dating, she just ran up on me and like, I know you fucking somebody. I can smell it on you. You've been with her all day. I smell it. And my friends were like, he been right here playing pool with us since about five o'clock. We all just got off of work. So if he been with somebody else, he got a twin around this motherfucker because he been right here with us. So, like I say, it, it, it ranges in, in so many different forms that you don't know how to handle it. You don't know when it's coming to hit you upside the head. You don't know what to expect when you're dealing with someone who is bipolar or you're loving someone with a disorder. I think you got to help your partner. And, and not make them feel like they're in it alone. Um, although bipolar disorder isn't a sexually transmitted disease, <laughs> in today's dating world, it often seems like it is. 
And, and, I, and I can acknowledge that because there were times when I felt like the person I was dealing with gave it to me. And then when I left them, I dealt with somebody else and I transferred to them. Because I'm like, I just left this situation. How the fuck did I find, how, how, how did I leave one person to get with another person who, who's going through the same thing? So I'm thinking that, okay, both of these motherfuckers are not diagnosed with bipolar. One of them lying, you know what I'm saying? But it was common, you know what I'm saying? It was, it, it, it was definitely one of those situations where it just made me have to take a step back and like, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to just better, uh, you know, um, take my time and, and, and really get to know a person before I get to know a person. Know who they are, know their medical history and, 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 and see if that situation is good for me. But like I said earlier, it's draining. It will drain the hell out of you. People can, can can treat you differently if you've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And they may avoid dating you altogether. Sometimes people won't believe you even have an illness because it doesn't show on the outside. But living with the bipolar mental illness isn't easy. And the challenge that it comes with can make you feel isolated. Make you not want to be bothered. Make you not want to have sex, make you not want to spend no quality time with the person that you're with. It used to be that a diagnosis of bipolar disorder meant a life of living in an emotional isolation. With this stigma in mind, many people living with the disorder tend to avoid disclosing that they have the, 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 the diagnosis from their partners. Not want to let them know, hey, this is what's going on with me. I need to know if you're going to be able to do it. Or I need to know if you... I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity to know what's wrong, what's going on with me. So that way, if you don't want to you know, get to know me or take this any further, you have the opportunity to walk away. But a lot of people won't do that. Because they've been alone for so long. They've been having to deal with the situation by themselves for so long. That when they meet somebody who finally may catch their interest or who may seem like they can handle the situation they don't want to lose that they don't want that good thing to get away from them they don't want that person to 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 leave them and, and be with somebody else while they deal with what it is that they're going through they want the love and support of someone to be there with them help them get through this situation I think patience is, is one of the biggest things that you can provide a partner who who is going through uh, withdraw who withdraws from you or who have the issue of of, of the disorder, you know? Because nobody likes to feel like they're out of control, but when some people with the disorder feeling out of control can be the can be their norm can be. They're that what normally happens to them and something that we are like unable to understand. Unless they talk to us and let us know or we read up on the subject, read up on the subject. 
Because once you, you know, find out that you're dealing with someone with uh, bipolar disorder, and you know what it is, some people, that's not for them. That's just too much. When they can find someone who don't have it, who can spend time with them without, without going through relapse or, you know, mental disconnections someone who's not going to accuse you of something well I ain't going to say all that because sometimes people who, who don't have the disorder they accuse you too so you know but um, if you're dating someone with the, with the uh, disorder you might want to learn about how much you might want to learn a lot about being open up front about what you need boundaries and limits can help build trust and allow for open open communication and the next one um, the next topic I want to talk about is communication if you ever heard a loved one say I'm bipolar you know you're probably wondering wondering what that person is going through it's easy to be dismissive because well bipolar means you're a little you, well, for some people, they think that bipolar means being a little crazy, being a little touched. It can be scary, frustrating, and confusing when you don't know or when you don't have an understanding. Healthy relationships are built on open communication. If you're living with a disorder, you may find it difficult to be honest with your partner about your feelings. Validation. When someone you love is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, the severity of their illness often throws you off guard. Maybe you're the one who first noticed the signs of disturbance or witnessed their downward spiral, but either way, it's a struggle to cope with depression. Unfortunately, feelings of unpredictability certainly certain uncertainties and helplessness often presents itself also loving someone with this, this with the disorder is like loving someone who may not be worth the effort have I ever felt like that yeah there's this one lady in particular who um who I thought was everything and See, I hadn't thought about that in a long I hadn't thought about this situation in a long time. Because um, we was perfect. She worked. I worked. We had the same dreams and the and, you know, inspiration to be a great couple. You know, I was like at her house 24-7 when I wasn't working. But she was at my spot. And um when she had them episodes, it was like night and day. And for the longest, I had dealt with it. And I had, you know, I sat down, I talked to some friends. I'm like, man, I really love this person. I really want to marry her. 
And then someone pulled my coattail like, man, sometimes what you really want is not what wait, not is not what you're really supposed to have. And, and I was like, I, I knew what he was saying, but I was in love. So I didn't understand it or I didn't embrace it. Because what I wanted was the relationship to work. I didn't want to hear someone say I may not be able to keep her because of what she is going through. Because to me, I thought I can deal with that shit. I thought I could like help her overcome the situation and our relationship be good. Because I knew that this person was my person. She was my my person. And we said that plenty of times. You're my person, I'm your person. And and that was the that was the link that kept us together. But we believed that we were supposed to be together. But her illness prevented that. Her illness was not having it. We was not gonna make it. Years later, I understood what my friend was saying. It makes sense. I think people with the disorder can also have very strong and passionate feelings for one another, even when their bipolar disorder is in full swing. <laughs> While love can be a powerful force for good in our lives, it can also be difficult to those with bipolar disorder to maintain healthy relationships. However, there are ways to deal with the disorder. And I'm going to give you eight tips. One is communication. Openly and honestly with your partner about your condition. This will help them understand what you're going through and help them support you during your highs and lows. Try not to take things too seriously during a depressive episode. During these times, it is important not to let the disease control everything in your life. Next, educate yourself. Many people who love someone suffering from bipolar disorder are unaware of their una, uh, are unaware what their partner is going through. They live with it day in and day out, making it necessary to educate yourself about the condition will help you cope with the illness. Give love, give your loved one that time alone. Your lover may need, may often need extended periods of time to spend alone. Make sure you give them their space to deal with whatever they're going through. Number five, support their treatment. No matter what they choose as a treatment plan, that's on them. Not you. You're not going through the... You don't have the, the, the disorder. They do. So they know what's good for them. Do not try to be uh, opinionated or try to make the choice for them. Let them make their, their own choice. You can give insight, but don't make the choice for them. The next one is listen without fixing. Sometimes person that you're with just need an ear an attentive ear to listen and also they may need a shoulder to cry 
And that's all you got to provide. That's all you got to give them. And that's better than advice. That's better than you saying anything. Just by being quiet and, and letting them know that you're there in their corner. Seven. Make sure they feel like they're part of society. Help them make help them make sure that you still feeling like they're part of society. Don't let them withdraw and not feel like they're, you know, part of what's going on in, in the world around them. And last one is just be supportive. In any way that you can, uh, shut the fuck up sometimes. Uh, Men, if it's a woman, sit there and watch a lifetime. I know that's not one of your favorite things to do. But sometimes if you just sit there and watch a lifetime with them, then, you know, that, that may help bring peace. That may help get them back to a point where they feel good again. wrap this up. When dating someone with bipolar disorder, know that your partner will always have those ups and downs. You can't force them to be happy all the time. But you can't help them get through the ups and navigate the downs with compassion and understanding. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening, taking your time out to sit down and listen to me talk about love, relationships, fucking, and everything under the umbrella. Um, Saturday night, I got a, uh, a podcast. I was going to do it tonight, but I need to do my research on it. And it's one of those things where I uh, talked about recently with um, Will and Jada. And I don't do celebrity type shit, but this one is uh, something that you're going to look and that you're going to want to listen to because I was just I was shocked but I wasn't shocked because it's one of those things where when you think about it you know it, it, it didn't seem as shocking so I'm going to talk about that on Saturday um, if there's anything you want me to talk about please reach out to me when he speaks erotica at gmail.com um, check out the book Hearts, Seduction, J.R. Robinson, Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, Book Online, um, Google Bookstore, Apple Bookstore, I believe, and different uh, and other different uh, platforms. Hearts, Seduction. Um, I hope everybody have a good night. Thank you for checking me out. Please be safe in these streets. Take care of yourselves. Drink water. Um, love your family, love yourself. If you want a podcast, just go ahead and do it. Just start talking. Don't don't get caught up in trying to, you know, um, do research. Just start talking. Just share what's on your mind. Share what's, what you want to talk about and be happy and take care of yourselves. And I'll talk to you next. I'll talk to you later on. Peace.